Welcome to the two market serendipity. <laughs> serendipity. Why do you just keep saying serendipity? <laughs> serendipity. Because we just experienced a serendipitous moment of serendipity. I am jacked up on serendipity right now. <laughs> I didn't know they made coffee and, at serendipity. Yeah, it's a serendipity brew. Yes. I'll have a double serendipity. I had a double serendipity this morning. It's serendipity doodah is what it's called. That sounds like a cannabis brand. As someone who's working on a lot of cannabis projects lately, that sounds like a cannabis brand. Serendipity doodah pre-roll. <laughs> I tried an edible this weekend. Oh, yeah. wow. Meow. How'd that go? It was great. Yeah, they're they're good. It's well balanced. It was chill. It was fun. I laugh a lot. It felt good. Um, but yeah, it was, it was great. But it was like, yeah, I don't need it. I'm high on life, baby. Serendipity. <laughs> Tell us. Lindsay. I know I'm not a cannabis person, but it's too much. But I uh, I do like a an edible here and there. Actually, I was at my pottery class last night. Now I do pottery. Do you know I do pottery now? Did I tell you this already? I just noticed on your Facebook. I'm a potter. Are they called potters? Yeah, you're a potter. I'm a clay worker. I don't know. <laughs> clay worker. That sounds that sounds illegal. <laughs> I work the clay. So I'm doing this pottery class and it's beside a cannabis store. And as I was going there, I was like... Makes sense. Yeah. In the work that I've been doing my research, I've been seeing that Seth... Rogan does ceramics and pottery, right? So he'll like get high and do pottery. And now he sells his pottery, like ashtrays and things like that as like cannabis paraphernalia. And I was like, this is, should be my niche as well. I'll be like the Toronto cannabis, like edibles, and then go to my patio. No, I should. You've had one edible and you've made two pieces of pottery. Can we move ahead? Can we please? No. This is my thing now. This is I cannot do this anymore, this podcast, because I'm a potter. <laughs> okay. I gotta go. Okay. We're silly. Apparently, we've done an edible before this episode. Wow. What are we talking about today, boss? We are talking about my new favorite term, the customer experience economy. Have you heard of this before? We brought this up to talk about it today. I don't think so. I forget everything. It's the edible. You, you've been bugging me about it for a while, so I feel like I know it, and I did all my homework, so I do, but no, the answer is no. To be clear, a while was two days <laughs> that I've been bugging you about it. <laughs> okay. So I was reading an article in the drum. We always start with, I was reading an article. We we're inspired by something to kick this off, and in this article, it says, we're going to dive into the new customer experience economy. I'm like, what is this? I loved it. I so get it. Like as soon as they said that, I so get it. Yeah. You had me at hello. Yeah. So. Especially having just edited our human centered design. Right. This episode does come off the heels of that. So I was all in. Yeah. But it's different. Customer experience isn't synonymous with human centered design. Say that again. Customer experience isn't synonymous with human-centered. Right. 
they, they have that link. But what I noticed from the reading that I did was, as we talk about this, I think it's important to make the distinction is customer experience and human centered or customer centric. They're not the same thing. Human, right. I believe human centricity is something that is now being layered above that will drive better customer experience, mm -hmm. correct? So today is about, let's talk yes. about customer experience and how that is an economy. Cause I believe I'm with you on that. Yeah, I totally agree. So it's like, we've been talking a lot about like human design and people and people mindset and how that's changed and all of those different things. Now this level comes down to actually when that person is a customer. So when they're in that buying mindset, right? Looking for something. Yeah. So that's what this talks about, the new customer experience economy. So as like over the last couple of years, when we've seen customer experience become such a focal point, it makes sense that now this is turning into a trend or a term where we're focusing on what that customer experience is in relation to economy. And how in and of itself, it will be, have business value. It will be measured is what you're saying, basically, right? Like it will drive value in new ways. And we have to start thinking about it the way it's kind of become a thing. It's like, I think you said it last week. Oh, we're customer centric. Like no one's going to say they're not. Exactly. Yeah. And it is more about experience and they say like marketers now are more shifting towards thinking of themselves or considering themselves as experience makers versus trying to sell services or products right so their focus of their marketing initiatives and campaigns and how their brand shows up is more around creating an experience for its consumers and customers versus trying to just get them to buy something yeah and again that's that's like pause on that Right. Because everyone's right. like, well, it's the same thing. It's like, no, it's we're going deeper, people. Yeah. Because people care less about what they're buying and more about what they're solving. Yeah. So I read that one article. But as I started, the first thing I asked myself was like, why? Well, why? Like, why has customer experience become this focal point? Like what has been the big shift or what is taking place for that to happen? And I stumbled upon another article actually as well in the drum because they get deep into this topic. So this article was called customers are one click away from having a new brand they love. CX's revolution, which is customer experiences evolution. And in that article, the one key statement that really summed it up for me is that with customers reclaiming the power, brands have become more aware of their precarity, necessitating a shift toward customer focus. Okay. And I'm like, that's been the big thing is that over the last couple of years, transactional experiences have been disappointing. And so customers and consumers are now looking for amazing experiences so that they can actually engage with brands who understand them and who are invested in creating that great experience for them. And so as consumers are doing that, they are the ones that are taking back the power of their transaction, right? They're not saying, I'm just going to go buy these shoes over here because I need shoes. They're like, no, now I'm only going to participate with brands or with a brand that creates this amazing experience for me. Hence them taking back that power and brands really being able to recognize that that's going on and figuring out the best way to lean into those customers through an elevated experience. 
Can I ask a question? Yeah. What is it? It's a Lindsay question. It'll throw you way off. I don't like those. Do you indeed believe that it's a conscious seek? You said customers are seeking unique experiences or what, however it was you termed it is, is it a conscious thing or is it more of, well, they expect it. So it's like, we're dealing with a subconscious truth. I don't think it's a conscious action, but what I do think is that accessibility to amazing experiences is so much higher than it was before. So you think like, I bought a pair of running shoes three years ago. It was, the running shoes are great. I wanted them. It was a transactional experience. I found them, whatever. Now, all of these elevated experiences are being placed in front of me by smart marketers and smart brands who really get it. So they're the ones who are creating the engaging TikTok experiences. And they're the ones who are finding the influencers that I love and creating an interesting experience there and placing that in front of me. So I think it's a subconscious desire to have a better experience with a brand. And now marketing has become so sophisticated and savvy brands who are doing it really, really well are getting in front of those customers who they know long for that experience. Right. And so now I realize I can have a better experience. It's not me like hunting down the one random shoe brand in Germany and then seeking out a great experience from them. The experiences are being placed in front of me. Right. And so now I'm able to see that I can have that better experience fulfilling my subconscious desire to do so. Yeah, that's deep. (laughs) That's, I guess that's the challenge. And I think it's really interesting because it just triggered something in my thinking where there was a time where, you know, we worked in an industry that was about interruption, right? Mm -hmm. The idea was the only way you truly advertised or the only way you marketed was most recognized through advertising was to interrupt. Yeah. So even from its earliest days of advertising on television, it was based on interrupting and Mm -hmm. that was the value that, so it was win-win for the business, not for the consumer. So, but it went on for so long. You're talking about a whole different model. And even it, for me, it's hard to grasp, like, what will that look like? Yeah. from a planning marketing and and you say you know the brands who are doing it right um what is doing it right look like mm-hmm. it'll be really interesting i think for for me um there's this huge anthropological sort of lens to look at this it's no you know marketing can no longer be what it has been and 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 sustain marketing was has been different things for centuries if not longer it's just about the distribution and trade of value exchange of value we have to kind of totally unmad men ourselves and so what does it look like (laughs) no clue (laughs) but i'm pretty fucking excited yeah and that's like it's a very hard thing to do right like you are responsible for selling gum You know, so it's very hard to get out of that mindset of like, how do I sell the gum to the customer? And I need them to get the gum. I know that they want fresh breath. So like, how do I do it? And that's like a very brand focus on how to do marketing, right? That's the perfect segue of what we're going to talk about. Because I feel like that's what the whole message is. And I'm just going to call out the drum has done an in-depth series all around 
this customer experience economy. And I'm, I'm so impressed because there's just way too much content going on. Um, but just to go back to the, the scenario, you just said you sell gum. How are you going to sell gum? It's like last week you said, you know, click on the lettuce. Um, we got to keep reinforcing that that's no longer you're not doing that you're 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 solving the problem of dry mouth uh bad breath uh you know what i mean nervous emotional eating emotionally i cut that out when we talked about it. so anyways yeah did i talk I about it. emotional so, eating in the last episode as well the one before i cut it out oh i'm an emotional eater like it's i think everyone and my answer was <laughs> who isn't um, right. Okay, I love how you're saying you can't think of it. At I sell gum. You have to look at why do people chew gum? Yeah, and there's not one answer. And it's not, and it's deeper than I want fresh breath. That's the thing. So that's the big thing that the practice of strategy in marketing and advertising and business strategy is evolving towards, right? It's not, it's not these surface insights anymore around like they want fresh breath. So I'm going to sell them gum. It's like, there's, there's a deeper psychological need going on for why you would want to chew gum. Like as an example, the emotional right. eating example, for instance, you like, if you are selling gum in that scenario, you're supporting someone with a lifestyle that they are looking to achieve and are clearly struggling with. So like, these are the mindsets and behaviors and the psychological aspects that are going on with your consumers, whether you like it or not, but there's a deeper layer that we can get into that puts the customer first and in that human centric mindset to say what is going on with them before they even think about the gum, right? right. So before awareness, there's a lot of work that needs to be done in order to control that awareness moment. Mm -hmm. And that's right. where brands who are killing it are like, you get me, like, you know, what's going on before I need the gum. And that's why I choose you over anyone else. But that's what it is, is like, you get me, like you said, you get me. Right. Yeah. You get me. And that's how you engage. And you're, and you're investing in changing the experience that I'm currently having. Like that's where this new customer experience economy comes from okay. is that not only do you get me, but you're focusing your investment, your messaging, your dollars, your resources, your company in changing the way I experience your brand so that it resonates with me. Hence why I'm now long-term loyal to you, why I only buy your brand of gum, why during a recession, I'll still pay top dollar for your brand versus going to a, a no-name version. You know what I mean? Yeah. So to take it back to the article. Oh, yeah. Okay. So the article that spurred this whole thing was called, Has COVID Changed How We Design Physical CX? Which, yeah, clearly it has. We talk about things like contactless delivery. That is a great example of how COVID has changed the way we design customer experience. Mm -hmm. or having Lysol wipes at the front of a grocery store or automatic hand sanitizer. Those are physical. Or having someone standing there. Yeah, those are physical design choices that are being made in a retail environment because of the pandemic. So yes, it has. But the big thing that came from this article, and we'll post in the resources, is that there is a noticed shift in brands from designing for themselves to designing around the needs of their users. 
And so this has been something I think that's been going on for a very long time. Like, like it's a desire of brands to say, yes, of course we want to put our users first, but we've been forced in the last couple of years to really rethink the way that we've been doing this and how we're becoming hyper-relevant. So I'm just going to share one quick example from this article and an example that I've known about for a long time because it's just so awesome so that people who are listening to this can kind of have an idea of the shift in customer experience that I'm going to pass the baton over to you for you to share the stuff that you uh, didn't let me see. Yeah. You didn't let me see in advance. I have a feeling you're sharing something that I found, or are you sharing from the article that you told me you're from the article? Because I've loved this example for so long and they brought it up again in this article. And I was like, this is such a perfect example because it solves such an annoying problem. (laughs) So this company called Lick has revolutionized paint sampling with posted stick on samples. Have you seen this before? Why do you tell me about the example prior to the show and then ask me on the show if I've seen it Okay. So this company, and there's other, there's a lot of great examples now of companies who are like this. They took a real consumer problem, a real people problem, and they changed the way the industry operates. So what this company does is they provide paint samples and now wallpaper samples and a bunch of other different types of samples for your home that are big stickers. It's so easy. And like the big thing with these brands is that the reaction you should have is how did someone not do this years ago? Like we should have just been doing this. But I call it V8, a V8 moment. I should have had a V8. Not to do that, but yeah. So it's like normally to choose your paint color, you bring home all the samples, you make a disaster of the wall you are trying to paint. You lay things on the couch. and You, you, lay that, you, you paint you... it here, you paint it over there so that you can see the light and they all look like garbage. And then your thing looks like a mosaic and you have to try and cover all of the different kinds when you actually do, like it's so bad. Yeah. So what this company does is they send you stickers of the samples. But what's amazing when you say that is finally, when they took the time to understand what the humans really wanted and what the output of the, of the whole experience was, they solved it Mm -hmm. so simply. Mm -hmm. So you get the samples in the mail, you stick them to your wall, you can move them all over your house and then you get to decide like big, big, it's not, then you have to paint over them. Yeah. You don't have to paint over them after when you You don't have to paint over them. Yeah. Like the answer to that problem previously to this redesign, customer experience redesign was you take the little strip or the, re- <laughs> the innovation was, we're just gonna put the, can- the paint in a smaller can so you don't have to buy a whole can. That's how you get a sample. That should not be how you get a sample. It's so frustrating. Like it's not done right yet. And all this company did was rethink what is the need of that person when they are trying to choose a different color or wallpaper for their home? And then how do I take their current experience, which is awful, and make it amazing? There's so much And that's what they did. Do you have to return the sample? I don't think so. It's a sticker. That's my point. Right? Like, I'm just trying to reverse engineer. I would say the innovation isn't the sticker. The innovation was understanding what are we trying to solve for them? 
but part of it will be fear. I don't want to go in the store anymore, right? Uh, I don't mm-hmm. want to spend the money on this paint. Like if I want 10 samples. It's expensive. So it's like, it's the very basic thing that all brands and all humans know. If you want, you got to give. Right. Like, can we just think about the good it can do? And it ties in perfectly with what I'm going to talk about. Well, over to you. But this has been an age old problem. They've been solving in ways that ultimately, which weren't wrong. I mean, it definitely sampling made it easier. They were wrong. But they, yeah. You know what I compare it to? Because there's one as arguably as brilliant, and I've wanted to talk about it, was what IKEA did during the at the beginning of the pandemic. And they gave uh, backgrounds to Zoom calls. Oh, really? I didn't know that. So all these people had were dealing with like everyone had the same background because they didn't want people to see their messy, you know, their messy kitchen or their messy house. And they just created 16 by 9 ratio images of their IKEA settings that we all know, you know, the IKEA catalog tells me how to do it right. And they did about 10 of them. That's very smart. Right. It's just supporting people, right? It's understanding what they're in, what situation they're in. You understand. And truly understanding it. Like not, I need fresh breath for the gum. Like truly understanding the situation that they're in and providing value in that situation. That is the new customer experience economy. You can see the revolution and the evolution of it taking place. And this, those are prime examples. Awesome. Well, thanks. Over to you. Over to you. Opportunity to talk about Ikea. Um, Of course, I have the printouts because it's just the way it is. Today in CX. Um, this was one that I just loved and I, it's, it says emotions take center stage for the future of CX. Maybe up your alley. Thank you very much. Uh, and all the things we're talking about, correct me if I'm wrong, Lindsay, they have been written in the last week. Yeah. Like, like two days ago. Yeah. Yours was the most recent you win. Um, but this one is, uh, the author's Nikki Hall, who is chief marketer at Content Square, um, but they quote, they start quoting this gentleman, Cameron Worth, uh, who runs an Internet of Things agency. But anyways, he talks about how a lot of brands that have operated and dominated a niche for many years have become complacent and are now of the view that what has worked for many years will continue to work in the future. There's like, that's Lindsay since beginning of last year. Throw it out. At least rethink it. This has left room for challengers, which you're talking about, to step in and refresh ways of thinking, designing, and creating. This is why I love about this. Is these are ways, like last time we talked about human-centered design, we talked about the, the attitudes that you have to, you know, the whole idea of embrace ambiguity. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. oh, I just have to think of things differently. So right. that's what I love about this. He talks about four key emotions that they put to what they call digital humanism. So now that people aren't forced to stay inside, so this is how timely this is, right? And find ways to entertain themselves, marketers clearly understand that consumers will favor the more and less strategy. Um, What does that mean? Accomplish more in less time. Hmm. That means marketers will need to focus on quality over quantity and find better ways to connect with audiences in a way that values their time. 
Yeah. Stop doing shit that wastes our time. And that people don't like. <laughs> Episode one of this entire podcast, I believe, was 63 ways to annoy Lindsay. Oh, um, yeah. So it's just value it. You un you get me. You understand that I don't have this much time. Mm-hmm. So with all that, it begs the question, what role does authenticity and emotions play? So I could go on and on. <laughs> you have in the past. So the emotions that they're talking about. So they say emotions and digital humanism. Emotion-led marketing will begin to drive greater customer response and guide the CX strategies of the future. Mm-hmm. Preach. Here are four such emotional values to consider when designing CX that delivers value as your brand evolves for the future. Okay, you're not going to switch overnight. Start considering different things you can start to do so that you can evolve into the brand that will sustain. So number one, patience. Do away with the hyper focus on conversion and have patience with the customer's journey. I couldn't love it more if I tried. <laughs> right? Do you want to talk about that? Yeah. And that's where like the objectives and the goals and performance measurement in the organization between sales and marketing need to come together, right? Because if you have short-term focused sales goals that are unrealistic based on where your brand is at and your marketing capabilities and your budgets and all of those things, those two things will be disconnected. And if you have, <clears throat> excuse me, such a focus on short-term performance that's where your marketing is going to have to drive, but that's not building your brand and helping people along their journey and helping them choose you long-term, which drives long-term sales. So that's the crux of the problem. It is. So come on brands. Like when Lindsay says there's an opportunity here for those brands that are willing to make that investment, knowing that it cannot continue to be when customer experience or consumers have changed so much. Right when they talk about patience, brand customer relationships are a long runway and will require brands to be patient with the process. And I love how you say, Lindsay, there's sales and there's marketing. They're not the same. And a lot of people say there's blurred lines. Marketing is not a quick return. And if you see it as such, you're actually leaning much more on the sales side of marketing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause there's those, the short-term performance side, and then there's long-term brand building side, and there needs to have those two elements working together. Yeah. But they can't do that if your goals and objectives aren't aligned at the business level. So that's where these teams internally end up being forced to fight with one another because their objectives and goals are conflicting. So it needs to be a higher level leadership alignment within the business as to how sales and marketing will come together and support each other to reach those goals. You know, how much, how much progress was made last year when things had to be rethought how much is that being rethought now because the immediate numbers aren't performing the way the shareholders want i was reading something just the other day where the biggest concern is that budgets are already getting cut for what was the big 2021 thing was invest in your brand so now that things are getting real and numbers are starting to go back up as far as people you know going in store or whatever it is there's already a concern that what everyone was saying should should happen strategically is already being pared back. Yeah. Anyways, number two, kindness. Didn't mama teach us? Le leaning into your brand's values, like kindness. So leading in your brand's values, whatever you define them to be. Values are human. 
It translates to stronger customer relationships, kindness, that are built to last. Um, do things merely for the sake of being kind and the feelings and emotions that brings to both the giver, I add, to both the giver and the receiver. Uh, number three, joy. Making people laugh and leaving them feeling happy does a lot for both brands and their fans. Yeah. I took out the part where they say it's been a rough couple of years. It's always rough. Levity and humor go a long way for people. Digital has proven to be an escape for people where they lean into filling time with things that can lighten their mood when feeling especially down. Brands can and should play a part in that. Right? Hence the metaverse. Hence the metaverse. Episode 011, I think. Okay. <laughs> and number four, do you want to guess? Because this is what made me go, I have to talk about this. No, please. Okay. You go right ahead. Empathy. Oh, I knew it. Yeah. You, no, you didn't. I did. I did. I gave it to you. I gave it to you. I almost feel like empathy I'd almost put on top of all those, but that's just my opinion. I know you love empathy. You love empathy. I was, I had such a long conversation with a client yesterday about empathy. Empathy at the heart of connecting is an empathy and activist. That's, that's my whole point is it is at the heart of connecting because you it can is. think you're exhibiting patience and joy and kindness, but if with the zero empathy, it's not true. You're not. Well, that's what I was just going to, to say. Me. I was just going to say, how do you figure out how to be kind? How do you figure out how to uh, bring joy if what you does kind aren't mean? empathizing with those people? So you're right. I think empathy is up here and those others are like offshoots of that. Anyway, uh, it's hard connecting is empathy and active listening. This isn't a new concept for marketers, but it's time we rethink why, Lindsay likes that word, we as brands listen. Is it to sell more or is it to understand people better? Simple question. Ask yourself that question. So if you do do it to understand people better, you do it because you know when to give customers what they need and also when it's time to back off a bit. Empathetic marketing considers how the recipient of your message feels and to respond accordingly. So just on that note for one second, I read something that really opened my eyes to say, I don't actually think you have to decide as well between those two questions, because you don't have to be someone who just understands people or someone who just wants to sell products. Like they, if you do it well, if you do the empathy well and the human centered experience and elevate the customer experience, it will drive sales for you long-term. It will like those two connecting those two things will drive performance. It's just that you need to be able to make the customer experience and the mindset discovery a priority in the beginning the act is to ask it yeah and it's not to choose is. you don't know there's to not choose. like if it is to sell more product listen let's not forget as businesses businesses need to be successful in order to drive an economy it's about understanding the intent of your marketing and that's when you make the decision to say but is this short-term sales or even short-term marketing or is this long-term marketing Always ask yourself this, the question so that you do it with full intent. Mm -hmm. Yes, I totally agree. Don't fool yourself into thinking you're doing people a favor by discounting something 30% so you can get it off the shelves. Mm -hmm. Be very conscious in your actions as a business. 
So to summarize, the value of the emotionally connected customer and the marketer who can connect on that level is invaluable. You know, in branding, it's so important is remember what you're trying to achieve here beyond just the bottom line. Um, I think that's why purpose is so important. It is invaluable when you are authentic in those ways as a business. It evolves CX to be something more central to the relationship between brand and customer, thereby making the brand more valuable. And that is what a brand does. That's it. That's a perfect way to end this episode. Huh? Throw away your papers. You're done. That was awesome, Lindsay. It's a tidy bow. I'm telling you, this notion of the new customer experience economy is going to start to be the way that progressive marketers and advertisers and brands think about it. Follow closely, dive in, check out the resources that we're sharing. I think let's commit to next episode, mapping, all the mapping. Oh, sure. Okay, stay tuned for mapping, journey mapping, empathy mapping, all the maps. All the maps. Lindsay? Thanks again. Great topic. Have a wonderful two weeks. Sounds good. See you soon. Have a great day. Bye, Marketeers. Bye, Marketeers. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. New episodes launch every two weeks, so be sure to subscribe to the Two Marketeers podcast wherever you like to listen. Or go to the twomarketeers.ca and connect with us. That's the twomarketeers.ca. Spell it out. We are everywhere. This podcast is over.